Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today I'm really excited to have with me on the line Aman Agarwal. He is the founder and president of Sampram Transnational, an executive education company teaching the world's first program on technical fluency, which is helping non-technical executives and entrepreneurs to thrive in a tech-driven landscape. So, Aman, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We were talking a little bit on the on the pre-call that you and I actually have uh, have had a similar tra- career trajectory. The way I tell my story is that I was never a great programmer, right? I was always the one that like what you could probably do in five minutes would take me four or five hours to do. And it just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't gifted in that regard. But where I was gifted, right, was becoming like a pre-sales technical consultant, you know, being the tech guy in the sales team. And... That's basically what you're doing. So you're like the first pre-sales guy that I'm having on this show. So I'm really excited. Can you please tell, uh, give people a little bit of a background of, uh, you know, where you're from, where you've been and, you know, how you got to be to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I am originally from India. I got my formal education in India and then China and then the USA. Got a degree in master's, uh, a master's degree in systems engineering. And then... In the midst of all this, I worked initially as a business de- as a business executive, uh, doing enterprise sales for some tech companies, and then I moved to the engineering profession. So I was building, helping build self-driving trucks in Silicon Valley, and then I moved to doing something in the middle, like pre-sales, as you said. And I have the exact same story. I was never the best programmer in the room, uh, far from it. It was never my, uh, you know, my key skill. And I decided early on that that I'm not going to be spending my whole life trying to get better at programming. And my my skill was also in, you know, building rapport with business people, selling, you know, marketing, and staying at the high level of things. So I'm a business nerd more than I am a technology nerd, <laughs> uh, personally. And so... I did notice when I was doing pre-sales work that there's a huge communication gap between technical and non-technical people, even in Silicon Valley, which has, I think, the highest per capita of engineers in, in America at this point. And I realized that there were there was like a million and one courses for teaching people to code and sales program to teach, uh, let's say, an engineer how to sell. But from an executive's point of view, there was really nothing on the market for how to be technically fluent uh, without having to learn to code. 
And the analogy I like to use is of when you're building a house, right? You're a, you're a homeowner, you want to build a house, so you hire an architect and then you hire people, some contractor to, do, to uh, build the house. You as the homeowner don't need to be an expert in how to build a house or how to do the, the construction work or how to architect houses, how to draw on these, you know, on paper and how to make these designs. But you can, ha- you can learn enough about houses and house making. Uh, to you, for lack of a better, whatever the right word is, to be able to have intelligent conversations with the architects and with the the contractors, guide them from your perspective. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is the this is the big picture goal here. And then the experts can do their job, right? So instead of taking you all the way by teaching you to code to take you the to the level that okay, I can code myself, which takes a lot of a long time or making you an architect, my course is exclusively for business professionals, executives, and entrepreneurs to make them able to have intelligent conversations and just be a high-level guide and be able to understand with empathy what the technical experts actually have to say to you. That's really interesting that you bring that up because you know this paradigm can be applied to a freelancer who needs yep. to hire someone to do his WordPress site. Right. We're not only talking about, you know, managing a team of 150 programmers in Cisco, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and Santa Clara. Right. What you basically what you're talking about is that there is some sort of translation, even though we're both speaking the same language. Right. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that you need to figure out how to, you know, how to communicate your needs and your wants to the technical team, right? Because, you know, just to use a, re- a, a very basic example, if you tell someone that, you know, I, I build me a red car, <laughs> you know, they'll find you a car and they'll paint it red and, you know, mm-hmm. here you go. Now, did you mean BMW? Did you mean Honda? Did you mean, you know, like, what did you mean, right? Yeah. So wh- when I've gone through this, right, I, um, I always felt that, you know, it was fun. It, it was fun because uh, first of all, you know, like you're in a, you are in a needed role. Right. But also, like, even in my, you know, even in my digital marketing agency, that's something that, you know, we, I have to be cognizant of all the time. Right. I can't just tell my engineer, go fix it. I have to tell him exactly what I want because my idea of what to fix may not be the same as his. So, what does that mean? I like, I can whip up screenshots. Like, you know, like nobody's business. And I put the squares and the arrows and all that, like, look at this, this needs to move over, over, you know, over like that. You know, that's really what makes the relationship great, right? Because the engineer learns what it is that needs to be done. And, you know, me as the person who's contracting that work, you know, I get the work back that I want, right? I have seen so many times, you know, where people are like, oh, no, I'm not going to hire... Uh, you know, I'm not going to hire uh, developers from this country or that country, you know, because they don't do what they're told. I'm like, well, show me your spec. <laughs> and, it was, and it was like, it was a half a page email. I'm like, sorry, brother, that's not a, that's not a spec, right? You got to tell them exactly what you want. You know, that that's part of the creative part. You know, that's why they pay you the big bucks, right? Yeah. Uh, tell us about your one big tip. How can entrepreneurs, executives, uh, you know, bridge that gap so they don't come out, you know, with a proverbial, you know, butting heads. How does that happen? Yeah. So today, or let's say if you tomorrow get into a meeting where you are, you have a, an unintentionally confrontational stance with, 
with a, with a technical team and this can be regardless of industry you could be in construction mechanical you know oil and gas whatever right the big tip i would have is forced empathy this concept that you need to make the other side completely aware of your situation and of course if you're an executive listening is the first thing that you need to be able to listen to other people but beyond that beyond the beyond you learning about them it's about making them completely aware of what are your problems what are you trying to achieve and the thing about that is you have to step out onto the whiteboard and describe to them the business problem you're trying to solve the constraints you have like hey this is all the money we have for this project and these are the goals we need to hit otherwise blah 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 and blah right and so when you put the engineers into a problem solving po- position where you're asking them for help to solve your problem instead of making them feel like whoa you you are ordering them to do something that they cannot do or don't want to do that is the one big tip where you need to make them partners in solving the problem that both of you has both that both of you have as a team instead of you know changing the dynamic to whoa this is my reality and you need to bend your own reality to make it uh, coincide with mine so it's interesting that you bring that up when you talk about forced empathy right it, it what i'm hearing first of all is um you know the executive does need to have a degree of emo- emotional intelligence yep. right you know be you know be able to look at the uh, l- look at the person opposite and say okay i'm going to listen to you you probably do have something interesting to say i may not understand everything but i'm sure i'm sure as hell going to try right mm-hmm. and the second part is communication right i mean that's re- th- that's really what we're talking about here the executive is trying to communicate his needs and wants and the engineer is trying to communicate well, this is how we're going to get it done, right? Mm. So when you have that conversation on the executive side, like how do you tease out that forced empathy, uh, you know, into making them a better manager or a better, I don't know, asker of, you know, for uh, to have someone else solve their problem for them? Yeah, so there are definitely many tactical, more tactical uh, things that you can do in when you're in the midst of that conversation. And this is something I learned from Chris Voss, who wrote this fantastic book called Never Split the Difference. It's a negotiation tactic that's used by the FBI for, you know, against international uh, hostage kidnappers and uh, whatnot. And this uh, tip is, and this technique is called labeling, where you say, if they notice that the engineering team needs, has, is having a certain reaction, the best way to, you know, uncover the elephant in the room is to call it out like, hey, Jeff, you seem really impatient right now. Is there something going on here? Or Jeff, uh, you seem skeptical about what I'm saying. Or Jeff, you don't seem to be uh, convinced that this is a problem. Whatever that is, right? Whatever that reaction you're seeing, and your gut will tell you what the reaction is, right? And even if something's inaccurate, it starts the conversation where, okay, now you've shared exactly what you're feeling or the vibe you're getting from the counterpart. And now you can continue the conversation towards more productive ends. All right. So that makes sense. Now let's take this one step further in that when you're building a team, right. You know, when, uh, so say for example, I need, um, you know, I need two web programmers to help me build WordPress sites, you know, things like that. What should I be looking for 
uh, you know, in terms of traits that, you know, when I'm talking to engineers like that, like, should I be looking at ones that can communicate like me or ones that can at least communicate, you know, their needs and wants? Like, how does that, like, how does that come into play? Yeah. So if you're a non-expert and you're hiring an expert for the first time, the first expert, the first few experts to be on your team, which are going to decide the trajectory of the project of, or of the company or whatever. The biggest thing uh, that I would encourage you to look for is the heart of a teacher. And by that, what I mean is a person, besides just being an expert on, you know, in whatever domain they are, they love teaching, which means they write a lot. They're, they have a lot of patience. They really want to make you learn what they know. And they'll never make you feel stupid for asking them. And they'll never make you feel stupid in a meeting. And such people can also are a huge asset because they make you a better manager and a better colleague to themselves, as well as they're going to be really good coaches when they hire and build out the extended team, when they hire more engineers or more technical expert and work with your suppliers and whatnot. So these people are really assets to your company. And it's not about, it's not about hiring the best engineer or the most, the one who has, you know, who's a wizard at what they do. That is part of it. That's, you know, but as an executive, as a decision maker at the high level, you want to surround yourself with people who can uh, teach you about that, about that domain. Okay. That makes sense. Aman, thank you so much for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your program and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more? Sure. So my so the best place would be my company website, sandpram.com. And as soon as you uh, go to the website, you'll basically, instead of seeing a sales pitch, you'll see a, a list of articles that I've written that help you build a minimum level of technical fluency for free uh, without you know needing for, for you to give you there your email away or anything. It's just a few articles that I really think you should read or you may want to read. Uh, which will help you build uh, technical fluency. Yep. Okay, very good. Aman, thank you so much for making the time today to speak with me about this. It's been a really interesting conversation and I wish you the best of luck you know, with this, uh, with this new venture you're on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me again. 